surgery is very humbling. You can you can do a surgery that you think is uh, was just went perfectly and everything looked great, and uh, the patient can still have a problem with that. Uh, you can have uh, something that looks that uh, was incredibly difficult to do, and these patients sometimes have a fantastic outcome. And it's you think, wow, they're doing a lot better than I thought that they were going to do. That was Dr. Nathan Anoki, a hand surgeon and also a medical school classmate of mine. Just a great guy and glad he was able to come onto this podcast. One thing about Dr. Noki, or Nate as I call him, is that he took a very circuitous route before he even became a hand surgeon. He was a paramedic, he, w- he got a master's degree in physiology, and he was also a, uh, in the Navy as well. But before I get into those details, which we're going to talk about a little bit later after the intro, is that this podcast and this guest interview will be a little different. I'm going to break up this guest interview into two parts. One part is going to be about what Nate does right now as a hand surgeon and how he's helping people and really bringing really some satisfaction to his life. And then the second part, which is going to be a second episode following this episode, is going to be about how he got to where he's at today. And that that's where we'll get into that a little bit more detail. As a reminder, if you like what you're hearing on this podcast and the content, please hit subscribe for this uh, podcast on your player. That way you can get the latest episodes downloaded to your player whenever it becomes available. Now, with that, let's cue the intro. Hello. And welcome to Health Careers with Dr. Marin, where we have deep, personalized, and eye-opening conversations with various people in healthcare. We learn what it's really like to work in different health careers from people who are living it today. I'm your host, Dr. Richard Marin, and welcome. So today's guest is Dr. Nathan Anoki or as I call him, Nate. He was a medical school classmate of mine and just a great guy. Funny thing is, he ended up marrying one of our classmates, who is also a wonderful person. Anyway, getting back to Nate, he grew up in Hawaii. He went to undergrad at University of Hawaii at Manoa. He also went to graduate school at University of Hawaii, where he got a master's of science degree in physiology. He then became a EMT, emergency medical technician, and progressed to become a, a paramedic. After that, he went to medical school uh, with yours truly. And uh, after medical school, he went into surgery, but through a Navy, Navy scholarship. So his internship in surgery was spent at the Naval Medical Center in San Diego, California. And he also did a military postgraduate training with the Naval Aerospace Medical Institute based in Pensacola, Florida. Some of the highlights of his military service include being a U.S. Naval flight surgeon, a squadron flight surgeon for a helicopter squadron based out of Camp Pendleton in California, he was also an assistant officer in charge for Operation Iraqi Freedom, as well as 
being an assistant group surgeon for Operation Iraqi Freedom for a Marine aircraft group. Nate was awarded many and various military awards with the United States Marine Corps and was honorably discharged as Lieutenant Commander with the Medical Corps of the United States Navy Reserve. He is board certified in orthopedic surgery. He also has a certificate of subspecialty in the surgery of the hand and currently works for Portland Veterans Administration Hospital where he is a hand surgeon. As I mentioned before, this interview is going to be split into two parts. So check this episode out. If it's interesting to you, great. If you'd like to move on, just skip ahead to the next episode. Hope you enjoy both. There were some technical difficulties initially, so we're just going to dive right into it. What do you tell someone when they ask what you do, and what are your responsibilities? Well, uh, professionally, I'm, I'm an orthopedic surgeon by training, and uh, my subspecialty training is in hand and wrist surgery. Uh, and that's uh, what I currently, the, the branch of, or the subspecialty of medicine that I currently practice, uh, hand and wrist surgery almost exclusively. Um, I work uh, uh, in uh, federal service. I work for the Veterans Administration, where I take care of uh, uh the hand and wrist needs of uh, veterans in the uh, Portland, Oregon, and uh, Southwest Washington uh, region up here in the Pacific Northwest. And so, uh, so what you do is just take care of of the hand and wrist and fingers. That's all you do. That's my primary uh, practice. Yes, uh, their uh, hand, wrist, and uh, and some elbow problems. Uh, they're they're very common problems and uh, actually very important parts of uh, uh, our body from a sensory standpoint. Um, uh, they say that you know when people are blind or. Uh, 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 having trouble with other sensory uh, inputs to the brain, the most important thing that you have is your hands. You need to be able mm. to feel what you're holding. You need to be able to feel what you're touching. And uh, and you need to use your hands to uh, get around your house and uh, get around uh, uh, to where you need to go uh, in your house and outside of your house. So I think uh, from uh, because of that, the hands are very important. And uh, we use our hands for so many things that we just uh, take for granted uh, and we don't really realize how important they are until they're not working anymore. Mm-hmm. What kind of problems do you see in your practice right now? In my patient population, uh, I take care of uh, a lot of folks who tend to be older, especially in my primary practice uh, with the Veterans Administration. Our average uh, patient age is around the around 60 years old. So a lot of uh, 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 my patients have degenerative conditions like arthritis. Uh, it's a very common mm-hmm. type of arthritis that develops at the base of the thumb that can be very painful and also very debilitating uh, to the point where uh, people have have uh, difficulty in pinching things and grasping things like uh, buttoning a shirt, grabbing a uh, grabbing hold of a, a drinking glass, uh, turning the key in the ignition of the car. If you have mm-hmm. a ignition <laughs> these days, that door <laughs> the key it needs to be turned. Exactly. Um, opening a door. You know, these days you don't see too many homes with a round doorknob anymore. They're handles now, uh, and the reason for that is that uh, folks with uh, painful hand joints uh, are 
uh, find it a lot easier to open doors if it's a lever rather than a knob. So uh, uh, a lot of degenerative uh, conditions are things that I take care of. I also take care of uh, traumatic injuries. Uh, uh, when the weather starts getting nice in the Pacific Northwest, the sun comes out and people start doing uh, activities with their table saws and their tools and uh, power tools, and they start uh, getting injuries to their hands, uh, and uh, we take care of those things. Uh, a lot of folks uh, in the wintertime up here in the Pacific Northwest like to go up into the mountains and uh, snowboard and ski, and they break mm -hmm. bones. Right. And uh, we take a lot uh, care of a lot of those folks as well uh, with hand and wrist injuries. Are people automatically often go to surgery or uh, most of them don't need surgery? I think that's a that's an important question. You know, I think uh, um, uh, surgery, uh, surgery is not always the uh, the fix for every problem that comes up. In fact, uh, there's a lot to be said about attempting non-surgical ways to treat problems uh, that uh, that uh, are both safer for the patient and sometimes have a lot of uh, uh, efficacy or, or very effective at taking care of these problems. Uh, for instance, uh, for arthritis, uh, what we typically do is uh, we try to manage arthritis pain as non-surgically as we can for as long as uh, as long as we can, uh, and we typically go to uh, surgical interventions and surgical options as the last option rather than the first option. So in my practice, there's a uh, you, you develop a, a fairly longer term uh, relationship with your patients, uh, perhaps as compared to other surgical subspecialties, in that um, I tend to follow follow these folks uh, for long, longer periods of time. We try out different types of treatments that are non-surgical in nature, and uh, we follow their progress over time. And uh, if, uh, if the patient uh, is in need of surgery at that point, then we move forward in that direction. If, uh, if I can make the patient's symptoms better without having to take them to surgery, then uh, we stay that course and, uh, and we treat them uh, non-surgically. So uh, uh, in, in my practice and uh, in my philosophy for patient care is that uh, uh, surgery is done when it's needed. Uh, it's not necessarily something that we rush right into and do right off the bat because that's uh, oftentimes not the most appropriate way to manage these problems. How would you describe, if you could walk us through it, a typical day for someone like you, a hand surgeon? In a hand and wrist uh, surgery practice, uh, um, very commonly um, uh, we're we're fairly busy. Uh, we typically s see uh, a, a larger number of patients uh, uh, in a in a clinic uh, in a clinic day. So just like going to the doctor, you'll have uh, an appointment set up. Uh, to see the hand surgeon, to be see, to see someone like me, and uh, um, there uh, there is. Uh, typically quite a few patients that are also uh, waiting with appointments to be seen as well. And the clinics tend to be pretty busy. Um, their hand problems are uh, problems that are very 
sometimes very challenging to manage and mm -hmm. uh, primary care doctors and uh, many surgeons are not comfortable with managing specific problems that occur with the hands. And so they would prefer that someone uh, like me in, in this specialty, uh, they prefer that I take care of these problems. And so we get a large number of referrals of uh, folks with hand and wrist problems in our clinic. So a typical day would involve uh, seeing a, a large number of patients. I think patient numbers can range anywhere from uh, 10, 10 to 25 in a, in a day. And okay. uh, so uh, that can uh, that can involve taking care of folks with uh, broken bones in the hands and wrists um, to uh, another common diagnosis uh, that I take care of is carpal tunnel syndrome. Uh, it's mm -hmm. a very common problem uh, where folks have numbness or tingling to their fingers that are that has just gotten to the point where it's very uh, distracting and, and painful for them uh, to live with. Uh, and so we go through these patients uh, and take care of them uh, based upon what their problems are. The other issues that we typically run across are patients that come into the emergency room uh, with hand injuries or uh, pain, painful joints or other uh, uh, problems at the hand wrist or the, or the fingers, like for instance, as many of them can develop an infection in the hand, uh, in the wrist or in the fingers. Uh, mm -hmm. from a, a cut or an open wound. And uh, hand infections are very common, and it's one of the uh, things that we uh, sometimes have to deal with uh, surgically if the infection is severe enough. So uh, uh, I think a typical day for me will be would be taking care of patients uh, in the clinic and also seeing uh, folks in the emergency room, as well as folks who may be admitted to the hospital for other problems who uh, have hand and wrist uh, complaints. What would you say is one of your favorite parts of the day and mundane parts of your day? I think uh, I think my typical day is a blend of all of those things. I think uh, um, there are some uh, uh, benefits to being a hand surgeon in that, uh, like I mentioned before, you you develop a longer term relationship with your patients, especially in my practice at the Veterans Administration. Um, so one of the nice and exciting things about it is that you you get to follow these patients for a long period, longer period of time, and you can mm. track their progress. And you can really develop a nice relationship with the patient where they, um, uh, you get to know them well. Uh, you get to know their spouses, their, their children. Uh, you get to know where they're traveling to the next summer. Uh, you get to know what their activities, uh, uh, what their activities are and what their hobbies are. I have a lot of patients that do woodworking. Uh, I have a lot of patients that like to go hunting or fishing here in the Pacific Northwest. And uh, it's always fun to meet up with them and uh, find out, hey, what mm -hmm. What big fish did you catch last season? Or, uh, you know, uh, what, where are you planning to travel to uh, next year uh, when, you know, in the summertime and that sort of thing? So I think uh, it, in, a, in a typical clinic day, it's always fun to come across these folks again and you develop these long term relationships with folks and you really actually become a part of their family. Now, the, the more mundane things uh, that come that come up. Um, that's a difficult one. You know, it's, uh, it's difficult. Uh, the mundane things are things for me that, uh, are difficult to fix and make better. Uh, there are, unfortunately are a lot of, uh, um, uh, conditions where even surgery, uh, may not make them 
uh, feel better. Uh, arthritis is a common one where arthritis in certain joints um, uh, can it can be very difficult to manage uh, in terms of pain and sometimes surgery doesn't fix or make their pain go away. And so it becomes uh, um, difficult and frustrating um, uh, to not be able to make that problem go away for them and get them uh, to get back to the activities that they like to do. And uh, so from, from that, uh, for those folks, uh, I, I would say that that's, that's a challenge. Is there any particular uh, moment or case or patient that you take care of that stood out? Oh yeah, sure. There there are a lot of folks that stand out in my practice uh, in my practice currently that uh, uh, that uh, come to mind. Uh, in fact, uh, just yesterday I took care of a patient. I've been following him for various things uh, for the last uh, five years now, and uh, you know, again, you develop these relationships with these patients that uh, just become lifelong. And uh, he uh, um, he ends up uh, having to go to the emergency room for various problems, but he won't let anyone uh, take care of him. Uh, he tells the emergency room doctor that they need to call me. Now I may or may not be on call at that time, but uh, he uh, he says no. It, you know I, you need to call Doctor Enoki about this. I I uh, I'll only he says I'll only let him uh, take care of this problem. And so they I get a call in the middle of the night and say hey. Uh, uh, Dr. Anoki, you know, we have patient so-and-so, and he said that uh, that uh, we needed to call you. You know, you're not on call, but uh, he asked if you, you uh, uh, we could talk to you about him. So and, he's uh, in the emergency room. That's right. Asking right. you to come in or talk that's to him. That's right. And so okay. he has an injury, an injury that he would like me to take care of, and I'm happy to do that. But it's a, it's in, it's uh, interesting, and it stands out in your mind where you it's satisfying that uh, to know that you've made an impact on someone's life to the point where they trust you uh, to that extent that uh, if they need help, uh, they, they want to get in touch with you. And uh, I find that very satisfying in, in my current practice. What kind of problem was uh, this gentleman suffering from that required your attention? Yeah, well, it was an acute injury. He had an injury to his uh, thumb uh, uh, while doing some woodworking uh, that needed, uh, ultimately needed uh, surgical uh, intervention that I uh, did yesterday. Nate, very few of us know what it's like to be uh, a surgeon. So can you tell us what it's like to be in an operating room for your patients and some of the tools that you use? You know, well, first of all, I, I need to I need to say that uh, uh, taking folks to surgery these days in the setting of the coronavirus is a little more mm -hmm. challenging. There are a lot more precautions that need to be taken when uh, these when patients uh, are put under anesthesia to protect the patient and to protect the operating room staff in case anyone uh, should have the coronavirus. Right. But that said, uh, you know, one of the interesting things about hand surgery is that uh, uh, as compared to other uh, specialties in orthopedic surgery where bones tend to be larger or longer or uh, require, um, you know, uh, more strength, for instance, to, to manage or uh, larger, in larger instruments or larger tools, uh, 
<laughs> to fix. Hand surgery typically uh, uses a lot of things that are very small. Uh, you know, the sutures uh, that I use to repair wounds and tendons and nerves, for instance, uh, are very tiny. Sometimes I need to do that surgery sutures, under a microscope. Sutures being the little threads. That's right, little stitches. threads that I, the stitches or the threads that you use to uh, mm -hmm. repair a wound or repair a structure. Sometimes I do that surgery under a microscope. Um, uh, I always operate with uh, uh, these things called loops where uh, you've probably seen them where they're magnifying glasses on uh, magnifying lenses on the end uh, on the glasses. Mm -hmm. uh, I always operate with those and uh, uh, things tend to be uh, smaller. Uh, we use uh, to repair fractures. We still use plates and screws and drills sometimes if needed. Uh, we use some wires uh, sometimes to put bones together or to uh, uh, to repair joints. And so uh, a lot of uh, hand surgery, uh, it, uh, the instruments that you use, the tools you use to, to do the job are a lot smaller. I also do uh, uh, some surgeries arthroscopically. Um, a lot of folks have heard where you put a scope in the knee to look around, right. uh, where folks put a scope in the knee to look around in the knee. Well, I can do that with the wrist, but the scope is, you know, a lot smaller. Uh, mm -hmm. But we do those sorts of surgeries as well. So uh, it's a it, for hand and wrist surgery. It's very interesting. There's uh, a lot of fairly complex surgeries that are done, uh, and, but it makes the the specialty very unique. And uh, and very challenging and and exciting all at the same time. It sounds very intricate. You have to have a little. You have to be quite delicate, just because things are smaller. It's a very complex part of the body, um, from a musculoskeletal standpoint. Um, I, I would think that your surgeries are are um, not fast and furious, but much more slow and methodical. <laughs> yeah, they they do tend to be slow slow and methodical, and that's true. Hand hand and wrist surgery is actually a very interesting subspecialty because hand surgeons can come from uh, uh, various different disciplines. For instance, my my uh, background is in orthopedic surgery, right. and I did subspecialty training in hand and wrist surgery. I work very closely with colleagues who are plastic surgeons whose subspecialty is also hand surgery. And I also work with colleagues who are general surgeons who uh, have the same subspecialty in hand and wrist surgery as well. So hand and wrist surgery is very interesting because we draw the uh, techniques and the uh, abilities of at least three different major specialties into one subspecialty and use those techniques uh, to repair various things in the hands. Uh, we do vascular surgery where we're uh, using very very tiny sutures to repair blood vessels. Uh, we do the same for nerves. Um, then our, my plastic surgery colleagues borrow uh, uh, bone management, fracture management from, from uh, orthopedics. Uh, we borrow techniques from the general surgeons to repair certain things uh, like uh, uh, putting skin skin grafts on comes from the general surgery service as well as the plastic surgery service. Mm -hmm. and, and so it's a very interesting subspecialty in that it's a blending of a lot of different techniques and abilities and, uh, and knowledge. Nate, can you describe another case that was quite satisfying for you to take care of? Uh, there's one patient in particular that's uh, very satisfying, and I still have a relationship with them to this day. I, he had uh, arthritis at the base of both thumbs, 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I was following him for some time for that. Uh, he finally decided, we finally decided that now's the time for surgery. Uh, we took him to, we uh, scheduled him for surgery and uh, he was ready and uh, ready to go and looking forward to surgery. But before surgery, um, the nurses uh, in the preoperative area where who were getting him ready for surgery recognized that his blood sugar today was very high. And uh, that's not something that anyone noticed in the past. And uh, um, uh, it was so high, in fact, that uh, we that we uh, had to have a long talk about that uh, because I needed to have that looked into uh, because that's not something that anyone noticed in the past. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we ended up having to cancel his surgery at that time. And that was a very frustrating thing for him because he uh, had his heart set on having the surgery and getting rid of his thumb pain. That's what he was looking forward to for months. But uh, I told him that, you know, I think that you have uh, you may have a new onset of diabetes and we really need to look into that before we uh, uh, undergo this surgery. One, because your blood sugars are very high today. And two, because in in the in the big picture, your health is uh, at risk if you have diabetes that's out of control and it might make you susceptible to other problems if we don't address this right away. Well, you know, it turns out that in the course of our uh, referral to uh, uh, the primary care doctors for evaluation of his uh, high blood sugar is that not only did he have a new onset of diabetes, but he also uh, uh, had heart problems. And sometime, uh, a time soon after uh, we canceled his surgery, uh, he had a heart attack. Hmm. And so uh, fortunately, we had him uh, in a position where we could fairly quickly get him to the cardiologist to evaluate that. And long story short, his thumb surgery was delayed for several months after, after undergoing management for his diabetes and after undergoing procedures for his heart attack. And we did his surgery when he was uh, several months later, when he was uh, uh, when all of those problems were managed. And, uh, you know, to this day, um, he at, while at the time he was very frustrated about my recommendation to cancel his surgery to this day, he thanks me for uh, catching that and for getting him in the right uh, in the right place to get his heart taken care of and get his diabetes taken care of. Now, in the in 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 reality, I didn't do any of that. The heart doctors took care of his heart and did a fantastic job with that. And you know, the endocrine endocrinology doctors helped him with his diabetes, and they did a fantastic job with that. But you know, it's again, uh, I think we as doctors we can't get tunnel visioned into. Uh, just our sub, just our specialty. You know, uh, we can't. I can't just say, well, I'm just here to take care of your hand and wrist. It's up to you to take care of everything else. No, it's something that we need to take care of the entire patient, and uh, uh, we need to make sure that the entire patient is doing well. Uh, in addition to managing the uh, specialty or the part of the body or the problem that we're trained to manage uh, and that we really want to focus on. So I think he's a very he was a very satisfying uh, uh, patient for me, even though it may be a a story of a, of a delay of surgery. But I think it was appropriately delayed, and I think in the long run he's uh, far better off now than uh, if he did not establish uh, a relationship uh, with me for surgery. So Nate, how would you describe your work life balance, and also compared to maybe other type of surgical specialties? 
You know, I think the the work life balance is a really uh, difficult or a, a really difficult thing to answer because <clears throat> it really depends on uh, what kind of uh, uh, practice or how you're practicing and what kind of practice you're in. But I think in general, um, the surgical subspecialties tend to be uh, a little unbalanced <laughs> in terms of uh, uh, the. Uh, 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 time spent between uh, work and uh, uh, outside of work activities. Uh, surgery is challenging. Uh, I even after uh, the years of practice. Yeah, even after the years of practice, I, I it, sur- surgery is very humbling. You can you can do a surgery that you think is uh, was just went perfectly and everything looked great. And uh, the patient can still have a problem with that. Uh, you can have uh, something that looks that uh, was incredibly difficult to do, and these patients sometimes have a fantastic outcome. And it's you think, wow, they're doing a lot better than I thought that they were going to do. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, but but the the challenging part about surgery is that well, one surgery involves us getting into. Uh, under the skin, getting to where uh, the things that need to be fixed and repairing those things uh, in the best way we can sometimes. And uh, the challenges that we have to do that involve uh, a lot of things that are beyond our control. Uh, For instance, uh, it's difficult to control infection. Infection is a very common problem of surgery. And uh, even with all of the latest and greatest uh, antibiotics available, sometimes uh, there are infections out there that we cannot uh, defeat with an antibiotic. Um, so all of those pro- those sorts of challenges in surgery uh, make uh surgery something that you really need to be dedicated to uh the the surgeon's job well i would say the doctor's job in general but the surgeon's job in particular never ends uh you are always uh either working uh at your job or you're thinking about uh what's going on uh with your patients that you operated on or what's happening with the patients that you're thinking about operating on, uh, the patients that you operated on two years ago, <laughs> you're, uh, they're always on your mind and you're always thinking about that. And you're always, uh, um, uh, <clears throat> it's always something that, uh, that occupies at least, uh, some part of, uh, every moment of every day. And uh, it's, uh, I think that's one of the interesting things about being a doctor in general is that uh, uh, rarely do you have a, a time uh, or a, uh, a practice where you can just turn off your phone and say, I'm not working anymore. Mm-hmm. I think uh, many, uh, nearly all doctors are always having to think about or do something with uh, patient care. Uh, or they're, you know, worried about their patients or thinking about their patients. And it's something that just becomes a part of your life. You know, it's not something that goes away uh, or that you can easily just turn off. And uh, so achieving a work-life balance, I think, uh, is especially uh, important for surgeons uh, because we have that tendency to be constantly involved with uh, or concerned about uh, the work we do and uh, the surgeries we perform and the patients we take care of. So um, uh, it's important, I think, to be able to 
develop uh, some sort of skill to be able to take care of personal uh, activities and personal life um, uh, activities along with uh, your concerns for your patients and uh, what's going on with your, your work. When people are thinking about a healthcare career, what's what's very important is that they they think about why they're getting into that specialty to begin with. It's not something uh, that you do because hey, it's a good job and uh, um, uh, uh, and I think I'm going to just do it because it's just a, a job that I'm applying for. No, I think every health, just about every healthcare uh, career involves. Uh, a different level of commitment to the career. And uh, that can be both exciting and challenging. Uh, it can be exciting in that you're, you're really a part of something that is really unique in, in, in the working world. Your, your job is to take care of someone who needs help. And that's, I think that's unique in, in, in the working world. On the other hand, uh, you also need to be uh, develop the, the mechanisms within yourself and with the people that you uh, live and work with to be able to distance yourself from the work when the time is right. You need to be able to have other activities or other outside uh, hobbies and that sort of thing to maybe get your mind off of uh, work for a period of time and think of something completely different, you know, and uh, um, it, it, for me personally, I, uh, I, uh, I like music. And so uh, one way that I get away from uh, having to think about uh, uh, surgery and uh, and hand surgery and wrist surgery uh, is uh, I play uh, a guitar and I play a bass guitar and I play it with an entirely different group of uh, friends who are not in the healthcare field. Mm -hmm. They don't know anything about healthcare. Uh, we just play music together, and you know, so it's a it, it's things like that that help you to get away, take a step back a little bit from right. your day to day activities uh, at work and to do something completely different and to work a different part of your brain and uh, do a, do an activity that helps you to free your mind of things that you may, that, that may be of uh, concerning to you uh, at work uh, or uh, uh, things that you're thinking about constantly during the course of a day uh, while you're at work. That was Dr. Nathan Anoki, a classmate, a good friend, and a hand surgeon. The rest of his interview will feature more about his origin story. So just click to the next episode and you'll see the second half of Dr. Noki's interview. If you like what you've heard so far on this podcast and subsequent podcasts, please click on the subscribe button on your player. When you do that, well, number one, it, it makes me feel good. Thank you very much. <laughs> but number two, it helps to increase the awareness to others about this podcast. So if you've subscribed already, thank you very much. And again, thanks for listening. You've been listening to Health Careers with Dr. Martin. If you want to find out more about me or about the podcast, please go to healthcareerswithdrmartin.com or hcwithdrmartin.com. Thanks for listening, and I hope you will tune in again.